Hello, welcome to the Healthy Alternatives podcast. I am Dr. Christine Sauer with DocChristine.com. Today's show is a recording of my radio show of the same name. Enjoy! Good afternoon, this is Dr. Christine Sauer, your host of the show Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOE-FM with live stream on communityradio.ca every Thursday at 12 noon Atlantic Standard Time. Thanks for tuning in today. In this show, I will talk mostly with guests about all aspects of healthcare and wellness from conventional to alternative and everything in between. My mission for this radio show is to help change people's lives for the better by informing them about different options to get and stay healthy and well so they can choose for themselves which option might work in their case. And if you feel you are stuck in a dark place, I want to tell you there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Today I'm very pleased to be with Lester Atkinson, an established funeral director and a good person. Thanks for being on the show, Lester. Well, thank you for inviting me. Now, people might think, what the uh, in the world has a funeral director to do with health? And I think a lot, because we all, at the end of our lives, we pass away, whatever we believe, where we go, whether to nothing or heaven or uh, whatever we believe, there is a big transition, not just for ourselves, but also for the families. So it has a lot to do with health and how we live in preparation for a good passing and to make it easier for the families. Now, Lester, I want to ask you, how did you end up being a funeral director? Well, uh, in my early teens, very early teens, uh, I went to my uncle's funeral. He passed away suddenly. Mm-hmm. And at that age, when something new, you kind of, it just kind of struck me to, this is something I think I might be interested in. Uh-huh. So all through my school days, that's what I always, back then when you went to school, I always asked you what you wanted to be when you got out of school. And I always said undertaker. Of course, that was, that was the term back then. Of course, yeah. the morticians or funeral directors. And so that's... I just kept up with my studies to do that, and then eventually I've got my apprenticeship and my licenses. So, really, a, a personal experience got you into it becoming did an there, yeah. So, what did the other students tell you when you told them, "Oh, I'll be an undertaker"? Well, there was quite a few comments, and all through my school days, <laughs> I heard that. And uh, unfortunately, now I I had to deal with with their parents or grandparents, or unfortunately, maybe some of their children there that I had to. Mm-hmm. With their services there, but that was, uh, but all through school there, you heard the different different comments and remarks. But after a while, you get used to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure that is some kind of bullying they would call well, it now, you, because that was always a mm-hmm. thing back then. But this is, this is a little bit unusual, and at that time, I think talking about death was not as popular or common as we do now. Well, it was back then, and back then it was all family funeral homes mm-hmm. like if your father or mother owned a funeral home then one of the kids that would just be for them to step in and take mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. but now where there's a lot of changes in the funeral business over the years quite a few and now a lot of family businesses aren't there like they used to be there's still mm-hmm. a few around but but not like it was so it gives the opportunity for for folks such as myself to get into that business that are mm-hmm. interested in it 
So your family didn't own a funeral business. You decided to get in it yourself? Well, like I say, I went to the yeah, my, yeah. my uncle's funeral there, and I said, this, I think yeah, I, yeah. I could do this. Yeah. And I always kept up with it there, yeah. That is excellent. And uh, did you find it rewarding over the years to be a funeral director now? Yeah. I don't want to share your age, but it is quite a while back. Well, it is okay. Well, yes, right. Well, <laughs> I do appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it actually, actually be, it'd be 40 years this August that I've been in the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I certainly hope that I've helped a lot of families over the years through the trying time. Yeah. Each family has different circumstances, and, and it deal with everyone deals with death a little, a little different. Now, I would like to tap in that vast knowledge that you really have. And many families, when somebody passes away, especially if it happens unexpected, they have no idea what to do. So what do they do? Well, a suggestion I would say, I would call 911. That would be the thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then when their people come, this is a sudden passing at home, and there's and there's no history of any, any medical problems. Mm-hmm. And when their folks come, they, they would determine what to do, and they would, if they have to call the police or the medical examiner's office would have to get involved. And, and that's what you would start from there. So that can be very traumatic at that time. It is. And if someone is under, say, a palliative care, under a doctor's mm-hmm. care, uh, then you, you would just call the funeral doctor that you were going to deal with, and they would look after getting a death certificate has to be signed mm-hmm. or something before anything can be done, and the funeral doctor would look after that. So that's really helpful, and I remember when my mother-in-law passed away, she was with us for the last time, and she was under palliative care. Mm-hmm. All we had to do is call the funeral home, and thankfully she had prearranged her funeral, so we knew what to do. And uh, two very nice People came, picked up the body, and we had to look after nothing. That's that's nice. Prearrangements are are very common these days, mm-hmm. and it's always best to sit down with your family, let your family know your wishes, and then talk to a funeral director. And uh, decisions don't have to be made that day. You just talk, get get the find out what you'd like to do, and then sit down with a, a funeral director and go over things. And there's many different options to actually plan the funeral, pre-plan it, or just have a very simple funeral? Um, funeral funerals have changed a lot in, since the time that I've been in it. They, years ago, you would have, uh, would be customary to have maybe uh, a cremation wasn't very common back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, people would get buried, and they'd have maybe two or three nights visitation, and over the years it went down to maybe one night's visitation. Mm-hmm. And uh, cremation now is, is very common, as, as you know and everyone else mm-hmm. would know, and that's another option. There's, um, there's different types of servers. There's a traditional service, which you could have with your casket and your viewing. Uh, there's a memorial service. You might have a cremation take place and have a service uh, with a visitation the day before or, or an afternoon before and have mm-hmm. a service. Uh, there's what's called a same-day service. You would have everything all done in one day with a service, a burial and a reception. Uh, there's a graveside service you could have. The family would just meet at the graveside with the clergy and have the casket there, or mm-hmm. the, the urn there, whichever you prefer, and have a service. And there's uh, what's called a direct cremation service. That would be maybe you're going to have a service later on, or maybe you're going to scatter the ashes, just take the ashes home with you. Mm-hmm. So... It's always best to talk with your family, find exactly what you want, sit down with the funeral director, and they can guide you. And, of course, you would, every every different um, service, would prices would obviously 
price with pays effect, a role too. Yeah. With that, yes. yeah, certainly, and and that is a, an important part of the funeral service for people that pre-plan it, especially. But sometimes I find when the family is not prepared at all, they spend too much because they think, oh, she might have wanted this and this and this and. Sometimes it, I, I really find it helps the family enormously when it's pre-planned uh, and it's talked about. In the case you just mentioned, people don't, <clears throat> should realize too that decisions don't have to be made at that moment. Mm. It's nice to sit down with the funeral director. They can ex explain all their options. Mm -hmm. Sit down with your family, go home and make an appointment, come back the next mm -hmm. day. And I think for us, when we choose to pre-plan the funeral, it's important to consider the family because really the funeral is more for the family than for yourself, isn't it? Well, it is. That's why it's nice to... And a lot of people don't want to talk about that. Mm. And, but it's still nice if if you do a little bit at a time with someone. If someone, your mom or dad or grandfather might not want to talk about that, mm. just maybe a little bit at a time, just find out what they'd like and see if, mm. and if any of their uh, friends or relatives passed away find out what their reaction is to mm -hmm. that service. Yeah. And they and ask and start that way. It's a hard thing to talk about with people. Sometimes it is. But yeah. it's best to make your decisions with the family first that and everyone knows what's going on. Yeah, that is very important. And in my opinion, everybody should uh, think about the way they want to die and the way they want to celebrate their life, the way they want to live their life, as long as they have it, because really it's a gift when you consider that you never know when you're going to die. No, that's, that's a very true statement. And for myself, I don't know. When I go, get out of here, I might have an accident and be dead, or I might keel over right now and be on the floor. And for me, it's a very important consideration to live every day with the awareness that at one time we will pass away. The, the, the Romans called it memento mori. That's just right there, yeah. But it's always good to let someone in your family or to know what your wishes, even what they might be. So they right. Because I've dealt with families, as all female directors have, mm -hmm. and no one in the family knows what, what, this, what the person that passed away has wanted. Yeah, yeah. But so that can be quite difficult then. It can be what we always like. When options are explained and, and they get a chance to think about it, mm -hmm. it's, it's usually comes out. Yeah, and, and it's a good thing to talk about with your family and not to just assume, oh, nobody wants to talk about it. Many people avoid the talk, and I think after somebody passes, it's forced on them. And it's harder than when you choose the time. Well, it's, it's, hard. it's very, very hard on the family when... They don't know what the deceased's, mm. his or her wishes were. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I can appreciate but that. But that's why funeral directors can go over all your options yeah. and find out what they what their wishes are. Yeah. yeah. And you probably deal with all kinds of different people from different walks of life. Many, many. And there's different traditions. There's different uh, religions have different things they like to do. Uh, yes, there's no set ways. Mm -hmm. So, many people know about traditional burials or cremations like most Christian or Christian-associated people would choose. What are the celebrations for other, um, say, uh, I won't say nationalities, for other people of other descent or other religions? What 
What what is different? Um, well, there's quite. A, when you when you take your your courses, you learn all the different religions. Okay. And, and uh, I'm not going to just point out one. No, 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 no. But you do when you take your studies, you take all religions that you would possibly deal with, and you learn what their customs are. Oh wow! And then when you sit down with with the family and their clergy, then you discuss how they like to do things as you go along. So that is quite. Interesting, really. It Many is. people don't know much about it. No, you, you learn, and over the years you learn when uh, a certain religion, as soon as you hear what they are, you know what, what uh, how mm -hmm. they would like to proceed with everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah, I can, I can appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And uh, you must have seen so many different reactions and different funerals and different procedures, you know, in your 40 years. Well, everyone experiences grief differently. Yes. And there's no right way and there's no wrong way. No. And that is something I think that we should discuss in the second half more because I really would like to talk a little bit more about what you've seen about grief. What is the hardest thing for people? What is the hardest when somebody passes away? Is it a sudden death? Is it a death of a spouse, of a child? And you must have so much experience with that, and I would love to tap into that. And this brings us to the end of the first half here on the show. And please tune in after the commercial break for more about uh, death with and funerals and grieving with Lester Atkinson. Hello and welcome back to Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOEFM or on the web at communityradio.ca. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer, and today I'm happy to talk with Lester Atkinson, the funeral director. And in the first half, we talked a little bit about what to do when somebody passes away and the different types of funerals. And in the second half, I would like to tap a little more in your vast experience and talk a little bit more about the experiences the family has after somebody passes away. You've seen many, many families grieve. Which one is your most memorable passing, grieving away? Well, um, all funerals might seem the same to someone on the outside, but they're all inside just a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And as a funeral director, as all funeral directors do, we treat every family as if they were your own. Yes. You sit down with them and you go through everything with them. Uh, and we just like to think of... Uh, think and that is a very, very personal time. It is there, yes. Yeah, 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 and 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 I understand that, and uh, it is it is very taxing often for the family, and it must re re demand a lot of tact and empathy for you as a funeral director 
to say the right words. So it, you... it, it does do that, and, that, mm -hmm. and that's all part of your, of, of your training. And you just look at uh, at life and the way things happen a bit different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you find is harder for the family to stomach when somebody passes away suddenly or when a child passes away? Or is it easier when somebody was sick for a long time and maybe they think it is a relief? Uh, again, all families handle... Yes. I, I, every situation you've mentioned, I've dealt with all of them, and every act, reaction is different. Mm, mm, whether, mm. whether it's a child or someone that's been sick for a while or a sudden passing, there's no set rules how someone's yeah. going to react. You know, and when you talk to the family, then you can pretty well feel how things are going are gonna to take place. You, don't, you just can't go by a script. No, no. It, it, it must be very difficult sometimes to talk to a family, for example, that just lost a toddler or a small child. It's very different, very yeah. difficult, but like you say, that's what we're there to do is help people through it. Yes. So, And at that time, that, that's, what, that's all we can do is help them. Mm -hmm. we, we can't bring anybody back. Yeah. We can only help them through the, and have a service, what they want find out what their wishes are. Mm. So when you m remember the last instance when you had to bury a small child, can you get a little bit into the details of the story? What what happened? Of course, no names, no details that would make them recognizable, but it's just interesting to talk to and for people to hear what really goes on when that happens. Again, like I said, I buried, unfortunately, several children over the years mm -hmm. and every family reacts different mm -hmm. it's very hard to um to have the family give you any kind of information because their information is required when someone passes mm -hmm. away and what we try to do in that case is do a little bit at a time yeah yeah do, do what we can at the first meeting there find out what their wishes are and then as we go along in my this is the way i i would i mm. would deal with the family like that and i I said, okay, I think we've, we've had our time now. We'll just maybe finish it up later on, or we'll look at things later on. Mm -hmm. But I, in that time, I'll find out what their wishes are. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes the uh, the child could be buried or cremated. Mm -hmm. And then the family, it's very, very difficult for a family to come in and see a, a child in a casket. Yeah. There's no other way to put that. There's yeah. just no... No, it's, it's, it's extremely hard, and... I I, it, I I think I, I myself I feel fortunate not to have to bury any of my child children. But uh, what do parents do that have a child pass away, which is very very hard. Nobody wants their child to pass away before us. And what do they do? Say you've talked to them. The arrangements are all made. Uh, do you connect them with grief counselors if they need that, or um, what happens? What what I, options I, do they have? Well, I, I would suggest the best thing you mm. do is, is talk to your family doctor, mm. and yes. they, they could guide you better than the funeral directors aren't mm -hmm. aren't qualified to do that. And I would no. never suggest to people. No, um, the reaction to a family in that case is it's very very. Upsetting, for different. Mm -hmm. There's no words, there's no words no, to describe no, no, that. Really. No, 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 no. But I, but I do find uh, there's a strength in families that mm -hmm. people don't know they have. Oh wow! Believe it or not, yeah. You just you can just. I mean, I'm sitting here and they're sitting there, yes. and you can just tell they just something comes. There's a strength there. I don't know, but everyone has it, mm -hmm. and you don't know you have it until you deal with that. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, and they always they always you know they always seem to get through it. That is an amazing thing, and I know some people get stuck in grief. I worked at the VG at the palliative care unit for a while, and some families start grieving before a death occurs. Well, that's that's very yeah. common. Yeah, when when it's. It, it, when when you can see that the death will occur in some time, then they start already to grieve. And some families go through stages, and you probably know about the work of Elizabeth Kubler or some of the stages. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And some people just don't want to talk to their loved ones before they pass away about death because they don't deny it. They say, oh, no, you can't die. You can't die. That makes it even harder for the person to pass away, isn't it? It is, and uh, I know some sometimes people, um, if they come in and talk to a funeral, if if it's a pending death, mm-hmm. uh, if you talk to a funeral director and, and do go over a few mm-hmm. things, I find um, I wouldn't say easier, but it just makes things go a lot smoother for the family mm-hmm. because so, they they have a rough idea what what's going to take place. Yeah, so. Would the family talk to you when there's an impending death or even the oh, patient? Oh, very, very common. Mm-hmm. I mean, what we'll do, like we'll meet with the family. I would just, they'd give me a call or I'd go meet them. Mm-hmm. And we'd sit down and we'd find out what their wishes are. And, I, and then when something does happen, yeah. if they call them, we, we, we know where what's going to take place there. That's really a good way to deal with it in that case, to get a little bit prepared so we know what to expect. And the unexpected often is worse than the expected. Is that right? I think the unexpected, it sets a shock, mm-hmm. and you don't really come out of it till everything's over. Mm-hmm. I've seen that happen. It's just mm-hmm. like you're in a, a daze or a fog. It's just not happening. So in denial, Yeah, that's a big, that's a big part yeah. of, of the funeral process yeah. there. And then after it's over and people come back in, you can see there's quite a change in them. Mm-hmm. But I've had a lot of people call from the hospital or nursing home and mom or dad or is not doing too well. We mm-hmm. like to make a few arrangements. We can do a lot, even just get, have some information just on mm-hmm. a phone call. Mm-hmm. So would you in those cases talk to the family or maybe even to the person that is on the way? Well, it's, it's usually you, the executor next to kin. If it's mm-hmm. a, maybe a son or a daughter, a husband and wife, and that, that's fairly common for all funeral mm-hmm. directors to, to talk with people, even a few days before. If, uh, if, it's just, if someone's just been rushed to the hospital and the hospital says, well, the things don't look good, don't look good uh, then we might get a call on that and just say, it could be within a few days, a few hours. We're not sure what to do, mm. and then we discuss a few things. And then, um, when it does happen, they they're a lot more, you know, better, better mm. prepared that way. And I think that a caring funeral director can help the family get through this most difficult phase when it just happened, and they don't know what to do, where to go. What, who to call, do they have to call Revenue Canada, and all those complicated things that people don't think of, and you can help them through this time. Oh, well, funeral directors do that. That's part, mm-hmm. of, the, part of, the, of the job, too, and, and that usually takes place, what that's called, is called like um, an aftercare program. Mm-hmm. And when everything's all finished, the services, usually sit down a day or two afterwards, and the funeral director goes over all your need proofs to death, mm-hmm. uh, 
and a list of things to do when someone passed away and explain um, any pension plans with Canada Pension or if, if someone's paid into a, a death benefit through work mm. and look after those things for you. Yeah. And go over everything. And that can be very helpful because many people haven't dealt with a passing Well, before. we always like to give out a little list of things to do, which most funeral homes do, and just yeah. a, little, a little checklist to go over, because mm -hmm. there's quite a, quite a bit to do. Yeah, there is. And but, but there's one thing that I always tell, tell folks, um, nothing has to be done right away. Whether you're applying for a death benefit through, through a pension plan, uh, whether you want there's something to do with the house, whether mm. the car has to be changed over, it's just you have lots of time. Yeah. Actually, you have up to a year, I believe, to apply for Canada Pension. So, but as far as uh, any other, just just take always take your time and just do a couple things each day. Yeah, I think that's a very good advice. Do a couple of things each day. Go one day at a time when somebody passes away and take care of yourself too. Well, that's the thing too. Take care of yourself. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, as a funeral director, how do you take care of yourself because you're dealing <laughs> with very difficult situations every day? You deal with it. Mm. Yeah, it's like uh, other professions that in the same kind of a situation there, you deal with it. Mm. it went, like, uh, I can't tell someone how to. I've had apprentices over the years that asked me how, well, you would have to. I can help them along, but you have to. You, you learn yourself. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of a lot of people start in the funeral business that don't, don't last very long. Yeah. They feel too close to the grieving people maybe it's, yeah, it's just not it affects them too much it's just not for them mm -hmm. but everyone um, handles grief different whether you're a funeral director whether you're someone in your family's passed away mm -hmm. there's no right or no wrong way yeah, yeah. but uh, funeral directors have uh, just a way of it's if you can do what you can do it if, if you can't you can't that's the best yeah and, and I mean my experience of being a physician is similar because mm -hmm. if you can't deal with the sicknesses and the death and the different people experience in different ways and the emotions that go with that and be aware of your own and deal with it, you will burn out very fast. Oh, yes, you do. And, and you can't learn that in the classroom. Mm. So no. no one can teach that to you. That's inside you to learn that. Yeah. And you certainly mastered that or you wouldn't be in that business for 40 years. And <laughs> you make me sound old now. <laughs> no, you're still a good person and you look younger than uh, you may be. Well, I appreciate that. <clears throat> <laughs> and I'm very happy we planned our own funeral and <laughs> I, I can only tell everybody if they can talk to your relatives about your funeral and this brings me to the end of today's show thank you so much Lester for being on the show well I thank you for having me and please don't hesitate to contact me with any questions thoughts comments or suggestions or if you would like to contact Lester my email here is christine at communityradio.ca or contact Lester at lester at cremationhrm.ca and I'm always grateful for feedback. I also want to extend a special thank you to today's producer, Jim Francis. He's the best. <laughs> thank you all for listening to Healthy Alternatives. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer. Tune in next Thursday at noon on 97.5 CRE FM Community Radio for the next episode. Goodbye and have a great day.